Hey guys, welcome back to the Playmakers Podcast. Excited to have you with us. This is your host, Alex. Hey, and this is Phil. Guys, what another week here in the NBA, NFL, and just in sports in general. Obviously, we got the whole NBA playoffs going on. We still have NFL news dominating the headlines again today. Got some exciting news in college um, basketball as well and just all around. Yeah, we got lots of stuff going on. But before we get into it, we got to thank Coach Justin for sharing us and talking about us on his podcast. It's called The Bearded Breakdown. And I listened to it. Very, very entertaining. I loved it. Uh, Very knowledgeable as well in his stuff about sports. Uh, Sounds like his buddy is pretty good too. Um, And he plans to have another coach with him on his podcast as well. Talking about soccer. He's got someone coming on that's like very passionate about uh, UFC. <laughs> that's I'm. I actually talked to him today, and he wants to do a podcast with with us, with him and his friend, and do like a debate. So I am so ready for that. Oh, hundred percent. That's gonna yeah. be so fun. Yeah, appreciated Justin having him on the show and just you know sharing his insights into you know just what we were talking about that day too. Make sure to give him a follow, give him a listen to. Honestly. Really good analysis going on there as well, too. Oh, yeah. Coach Justin knows what he's talking about. So Amazing stuff. Yep. Just wanted to give him a quick shout-out before we got into anything. Instead of, like, jokes today, that's what we're going to do. And just be prepared to, you know, have us be sharing his stuff, and he'll be sharing ours as well. He's a good dude. So, anyways, moving right along. Um, So, like you said, NFL will still break headlines whenever something comes out even though we're in the thick of playoffs for NBA. Um, first things first, this happened, I think, last Thursday, something like that. Stephon Gilmore ended up signing with the Colts. I think that's a very good move for them. Got some uh, veteran minds on the defense Yeah, now. that's honestly going to be a very good defense. Oh, I yeah. mean, if you think about it, on you got playmakers on all three levels, starting with Gilmore, obviously, in the back end now. You've also got frontline. You've got DeForest Buckner, mm-hmm. who's up front. You also got Darius Leonard. Leonard, you know, the general Leonard right there is in the a manor. freaking beast. That, that defense is going to be so fun to watch. Holy crap! Um, yeah, it's just. I think he visited with a few teams, and you know they also traded for Yannick Ngakwe from the Raiders, pass oh, rusher there on the right. edge as well. Honestly, that defense is going to be nasty. I know they were like already pretty good. Yeah, they were. Very good. You know, there was um there I feel like it was just one person holding them back last year. We won't get into those specifics again, but we already know who it is. Yeah. We know freaking Frank Wright. Um You already know who it is. <laughs> Frank Yep, yep, because that's exactly who it was. <sighs> yeah, sure. Okay. Oh man. Um okay. So next thing I don't I don't like to get political. Really, especially on this podcast, it's not really what we're for. Yeah. But Colin Kaepernick. Now, after all of these things he's done, so just to give you a little background. So he, when he was a starter for the 49ers, he was actually decent. He actually was fairly, fairly decent. Uh, led him to the Super Bowl, led even. Led him to the Super Bowl. Um, after that, he kind of fell off. Until he started taking a knee. Now, I'll just give a quick spill on my thoughts. Nothing too crazy. I can even I can understand the points he was trying to make. I can. But with that kind of a platform he had, he could have actually so this is what I was actually thinking of when I saw this. Um and I'll tell you what Colin Kaepernick said in just a minute, but this is still kind of some background. He could have easily 
gotten people who agreed with him because there were there were people that did it with him took knees during the national anthem he could have easily gotten people together and made some sort of program some sort of show some sort of gathering of some kind and actually went to do anything to make a difference like actually made efforts in that way because what he did rubbed a lot of people the wrong way full disclosure i i mean he did do that nike ad was that not enough that was not what I'm talking about. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> like, enough. Because he literally had so many people that actually agreed with him to a point. I mean, they're doing shows now and documentaries and stuff like that all the time, like around actual sports players. Like, yeah. Why not be the first one to start that? Because I don't think that was really big back then, but he could have at least started that trend if that's what he was trying to do. Um. So, I don't know. So then, what the NFL does, he will, so he kind of gets basically just cut, right? Non-existent in the NFL. Hasn't been for years. Uh, then he wants back in. Well, first he sues the NFL. <laughs> Buddy, you're not going to get a job when you sue the company. Yep. Um, And the NFL, so kind of what happened there... Um, he then was given, he finally was actually given an opportunity. The NFL was going to host a workout for him. First of all, holy crap, the NFL has not done that for one specific person after all this, after he sued them and reached a settlement. So after all this happens, the NFL's like, okay, let's do a workout, but you have to agree to certain things, which anyone who's had a job before, you have to comply with certain things. NFL is a company. If you're a player, you're working for the company. You have to agree to certain things. It's just how it is. That's how life is. That's how it is when you have a job. (laughs) So then, because the NFL was like, okay, we'll give you a workout, but that does not mean we're going to sign you. That's up to the owners. That's up to the player or the coaches and all that stuff. If we do not sign you, you cannot like come at us saying that we're being racist. (laughs) And he didn't want to sign that. So he then broke off and did his own weird little workout at some high school with receivers nobody cared about or knew about and so when you do that you're not and i think there was like 30 teams or something 30 representatives from 30 different teams that were going to show up and look at him because at that time he still looked really good because he had been working on his stuff whatever (laughs) so does all that right background all that all that. So all of that within context. <sighs> now he says he'll take a job as a backup. Ladies and gentlemen, lesson we've learned here. <laughs> don't bite the hand that feeds you. Serious. Like, dude, like, and here's why he more than likely won't get a job. In, the, in my opinion, obviously, like, these aren't facts. Like, from here, this is, these are not facts. Why would the NFL sign him? At this point, they cannot trust him. And he's obviously showing that he doesn't trust them. So the NFL is not going to like give him a job. Because how do you know he's not going to try and pull something like this if he all of a sudden... Because now he says he's okay with being a backup. How do they know he's telling the truth? How exactly. do we know he's not going to pull another... Oh, it's because like I'm different than everyone. Or I don't know. Like Most people, that wouldn't happen. But with him, this is the particular issue. The NFL cannot trust him. And honestly, the NFL doesn't need him. I saw something today where actually NFL ratings, like this Super Bowl, I think were the highest since like 2015. Like, they don't need him anymore. (laughs) They really don't. It's good. So, 
I don't know. That, that's just my whole spiel on it. Like I said, we don't normally try to get too political, and I'm not really. I'm still not really trying to. It's just kind of like the, showing the reasoning why he's more than likely not going to get signed. It's it's because of his actions that have like like if you want to join some sort of job or get hired somewhere, you have some some places have dress code policies, right? Sometimes there's things that you're just not allowed to do. Like I don't know. Like at my job. No one in my family can work in my in the company I work for. Like, just, you know, that's just a thing you have to do. Yep. Like, but, you know, Kaepernick wants to, for someone who claims that he has no, what, like, has no entitlement to anything because of where he comes from, he's kind of acting a little entitled. <laughs> for I mean, sure. the NFL literally gave him a private workout and he still, like, wasn't thrilled with it because it wasn't exactly what he wanted that's true that's honestly true but at, at the end of the day colin kaepernick I, I, he's just trying to stay relevant we're not going to give him the time of day to do so anymore no that's what this whole thing is he, he just wants to still be noticed and well it's not gonna work <laughs> like, it is what it is with that man so, let's move on to a little bit more happy news here oh yeah. or not necessarily happy news <laughs> this is kind of more funny this is let's go into the more interesting news here so baker mayfield still has not been signed anywhere or traded or anything there were big talks of him actually going to carolina that was like his main that's where he was and mainly seattle. looking for and seattle well <laughs> When the Panthers found this out, or the players, Robbie Anderson publicly posted on the Instagram post showing that, saying, no. Nope. <laughs> like, he openly said he does not want Baker Mayfield as his quarterback. I don't know. It was just kind of Nobody like, likes Baker. <laughs> I know. Nobody like Everyone hates Baker. Yeah, and Baker didn't show up for the first day of offseason camp with the, the Browns, Browns, which that's should be expected. expected. So, kind of interesting there. Um Another thing that happened, this actually happened today. Debo Samuel has officially requested a trade. What are your thoughts? Okay, so a couple things come to mind. Obviously, first things first, everyone's mind is going to go to the money. Was he being lowballed by the Niners? No. Reports have come out. This man just does not like how he's being used. He's a hybrid receiver, do-it-all gadget player type of thing. And right. he thrived. Like He absolutely slaughtered the league doing that. Oh yeah, he was like but a you have to look so at it, fun to watch. If you look at it from the player's perspective here, how much wear and tear is that on a body? Oh, I mean oh, this yeah. guy's still playing on his rookie contract. So I mean, he still has a very bright future ahead of him. He wants to be used more as a traditional wide receiver, you know, run your routes, do some blocking, but you know, coming out of the backfield, you're going to be taking some serious hits and we all know lifespan of a running back in the NFL is not very long. Unless your name is Derrick Henry, and even Derrick Henry had his own problems last year. Mm -hmm. You know, that wear and tear is going to take a huge toll on your body. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I could definitely see where he's coming from. The, the thing is, though, the Niners are willing to pay him. Debo just doesn't like how he's being used. And uh, to be honest, Kyle Shanahan, he does need those gadget players in his offense. That's just as part of his offense. It's what makes it work. Yeah. He's publicly requested a trade. Let's take a look at some potential locations for this man. First things first, let's look at some more obvious ones. Green Bay. Yeah. They have a huge need for wide receiver. And I'm more I they don't really need a gadget player with Aaron Rodgers. They've already got Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon in the backfield. Mm -hmm. Solid players there. Oh, they yeah. have a solid tight solid end, Robert Tunyon. Oh yeah. They just need an actual wide receiver. Debo Samuel fits the bill. Yeah. And they were just willing to pay Devontae Adams. The same that the Raiders were gonna pay. Exactly. And that was a lot of money. 
So that honestly, in my opinion, that looks like probably to be the most desirable. But desirable, like, but Debo has no say. Exactly. He he's still on his rookie contract. As far as we know, there is no no trade cause, so he doesn't really decide where he gets to go. Another another team that I think the Niners would be more interested in trading with for a couple of reasons. Number one, it, well, let's start with the Jets here. Number one, they're in the AFC. Mm-hmm. They're not going to have to see this, man. Yeah. You trade them to the Packers, there's a chance you meet in the playoffs again. Yep. You, you trade them to the Jets. The Jets have a ton of cap space, young quarterback. And if I'm the Niners, I want to be targeting someone like Debo Samuel to replace him. I would be looking at them to potentially target Elijah Moore. Yeah. As a part of their return. Elijah Moore, kind of a gadget player, you know, still has a lot of potential. He barely just finished his first year in the league as well. And he had great stats and he had like three or four different quarterbacks. Exactly. He was he was probably I mean, I'm not a Jets fan, so I don't follow him too closely, but from what I saw, he was arguably the most consistent player for that team. Mm-hmm. So if I'm the, if I'm the Jets, I I 100% would trade it, but you got to be careful what to trade because you know Elijah Moore still very young, still a lot of promise going on here. And as he well. did get hurt. He did get hurt as well. Um, but if that you know, I'm I'm sure they're more than willing to pay because you know that's a proven player to mm-hmm. put next to Zach Wilson. Yeah, and that man needs all the help he can get. Oh boy. So poor I mean, Zach. <laughs> I would, yeah, poor poor Zach. But that's one team I would be looking at. Another potential team that I could be looking at here is New Orleans. The Saints, especially if they decide to move on from Michael Thomas, because Michael Thomas, they're still not sure what's going on with him. And you know, yeah, and he, think about moving. Yeah. What if they do a Debo Samuel for Michael Thomas trade? That'd be interesting. Just a straight up trade. The problem, the problem is though, it's a risky trade because, no, like you just said, nobody knows what's going on with Michael Thomas because he waited. To have that surgery. It's true. When he could have done it in the offseason and could have probably been in play. So, I don't know. Maybe Michael Thomas just doesn't want to play for the Saints. But at the same time, this okay, this is kind of what's bothering me right now. Players and receivers are starting to act how um, the running backs did back in, like a few years ago. And, for example, Ezekiel Elliott... Before he got paid that big money, he was doing really well. He, he was amazing. This last year was the lowest he's ever done in stats all around. Of course. And, I mean, it's the Cowboys. They're just doomed to fail over time. But Go Dallas. But, but regardless, it's even like with quarterbacks and players that are just demanding so much money. This is why I have actually a huge respect for going off topic a little bit. This is why I actually have a huge respect for Cooper Cup because they actually talked to him about that, about the receivers getting all this money. He said he doesn't care about that and that he's more determined on winning. That's like a Tom Brady type mind. Yeah, it's a great mind. That's a great mentality to have. And it's proven to work because Tom Brady never really took a huge contract. To be fair, not every NFL player is also married to the highest paid model in the world. No, true. But the thing is, the thing is, Tom Brady could have easily been paid the highest quarterback oh 100 and, and i don't i mean people don't like him but compared to these other quarterbacks that get paid out like dak prescott i don't think he deserved the money he got not a lot of people did no but tom brady literally is the best football player as of right now to have ever played like winning aspects of things he probably is the one that deserved it the most 
It's true. As much as people don't like him, I understand. Like, I'm kind of neutral. I don't hate him, but I also, like, don't really care. Um, I don't really see a problem with him being paid that much, but he never took it because he was willing to kind of let things flow and bring in the people that are needed to be brought in. Yep. It's It, it kind of bothers me because it's almost like people are more concerned about money than they are about winning that's kind of the that's kind of the market for the wide receivers especially right now you know it, the, the market is going to expand you know and it's eventually going to pop because people are going to start realizing that you know wide receivers you know as gifted as they are as great of athletes as they are too they're not the, the most the, important they're not the most the important field. they're not quarterbacks and quarterbacks at the end of the day the, the the problem is is that the salary cap is not increasing enough it's not increasing fast enough to be able to pay these wide receivers what they want yeah. And still be competitive on decent teams, you know. Yeah. You look at it. You know, Devontae Adams. He got. He went from the Packers to the Raiders. And no disrespect, but I mean, you went from Aaron Rodgers, who just got a fifty million dollar per year contract, Jeez. to Derek Carr. I mean, he's not cheap either. He's in the forty millions. Derek Carr is. That's kind of a joke. I'm, I mean, but I no no disrespect to Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. But what has he done to deserve that? To be fair, he's one of the longest starting quarterbacks at with I think he's only behind Aaron Rodgers right now, to be fair, with their current team. So he's doing his job. Exactly. How many people don't do their jobs, especially in Vegas? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep. <laughs> yep. Oh my gosh. <laughs> especially in Vegas. What? <laughs> okay. No, but no, it's true. I, I just honestly don't it's just kind of sad because it's almost like losing the competitiveness a little bit in the play. It seems like it's being more competitive for money. And that kind of like – like honestly – okay, like honestly, do you think Tyreek Hill is going to do anything in the Dolphins right now? Well, see, I'm excited to see how Mike McDaniels does because Mike McDaniels, offensive coordinator of the Niners, he had Debo Samuel. Now he has Tyreek Hill. So, right, I mean, but look at their quarterback. They had Jimmy G. I, I'm just I'm, – no, I'm just saying like with the Dolphins – like an offensive look, I'm just saying a good offensive mind can turn mediocre quarterbacks into something more than what they are. Sean McVay turned Jared Goff into a more than serviceable quarterback. No, that's fair. Kyle Shanahan turned Jimmy G into a serviceable quarterback. Serviceable quarterback. So I mean, I'm not gonna shut the door on the Dolphins just yet because no. Mike McDaniel's offensive coordinator. We saw what his offense was able to do last year with Jimmy G helming it, Debo Samuel, you know, the whole running back thing. No, too. and what, what I'm what I'm saying is though, like. Are your expectations really that high, though? No, but I wouldn't be surprised. I won't be surprised if they do go off. No, it'd be. It's gonna be kind of fun to see him, like, see, like, oh, is he good without a good quarterback, or is uh, Patrick Mahomes good without his, uh, you know, Tyree Kill type of thing? Mm-hmm. But um, it'll be definitely interesting to see kind of how that plays out. Um, how about another wide receiver here who's having a little bit of controversy? AJ Brown AJ removed Brown. Tennessee from his bio and Instagram, just all of his social media pages as well. And one of his tweets that he put out specifically said, "So people think I'm acting like a diva now and a bad teammate." Okay, we'll see. Yeah. So now this man <laughs> is another one of the five receivers going into a contract year. Wants to get paid like one of the best because he is one of the best. And he too not showing up to voluntary offseason workouts right now. I don't know. He he obviously isn't quite as progressed as Debo Samuel in the sense no. that, he, as far as we know, he has not demanded a trade he, as of yet. Well, and also it's going to be a little bit harder, I think, for uh, Brown than Debo because Brown is a little bit injury prone. 
He is. Um, but Brown has been more proven than Debo. Debo's really just had one season so far where he's kind of broken. No, out. yeah, no, that's fair. I'm, I'm. What I'm saying is, when you're hurt so much, that makes it. It's just more of a risk. Right? It is more of a risk. So, but no, I. I mean, it sounds like almost like AJ Brown isn't necessarily. That almost kind of sounds like something else is going on too. True, but at the same time. <sighs> He's a wide receiver in this market. He wants to get paid. No, yeah, like one the, of the whole. Best. It's like Devontae Adams just started this. Like, thanks Christian Kirk. Yeah, Christian Kirk. My or gosh. better yet, thanks Christian Kirk's agent. Yeah. But number one, you did a hell of a job. Number two, you're screwing up the wide receiver market. Yeah, that's true. So I mean, we'll see how it goes with AJ Brown. Just another little nugget here as well. Terry McLaurin, scary Terry. He's also holding That's out from right. involuntary I workouts. I forgot about that too. Scary Terry. So right now, scary Terry, Debo Samuel, just and leave. AJ Brown are all not attending their voluntary workouts. Can you imagine scary Terry with a decent quarterback? He's still not getting one. <laughs> to be fair, is it an upgrade? We don't know. That's, <laughs> That's exactly my point. Like, can you imagine if scary Terry went to the Packers? That would be scary. Dang, that would be awesome. I would like, I don't know. It's like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just kind of thinking here. Because what if uh, Washington doesn't want to pay him what he wants? It's true. Uh, let me put it to you this like, way. The, the um, what's it called? One team that I'm going to be 100% looking out for, regardless of what just happened in the offseason, outside of the Jets, is the Jaguars because they still have a ton of cap space. And even though they went on a free agent spending, oh you don't tell me they wouldn't try to go for a A.J. Brown, but that, Evo Samuel, see, okay, Terry, so, Scary Terry. See, this is what kind of I think is so stupid about the Jaguars and what they did with Christian Kirk. They could have easily held out and paid for someone. To be fair, they're the reason this is all happening. No, I that's fair to say. Because, because they don't give Christian Kirk that type of money. We probably don't see – Debo, again, we don't know everything about the situation. But there's – first of all, Devontae Adams getting in, paid handsomely. Tyreek Hill getting moved and paid handsomely. Yeah, that was great. That was a blockbuster trade if I've ever seen one. Yeah. Um, But, dude, no, that's so – NFL news still seems to break headlines over – playoff series when it happens hey but then that does not make the nba playoffs any less exciting oh no starting with the last game that just finished chicago upsetting <laughs> milwaukee at home oh did they end up 114 the, to 110 yeah dude now let's keep in mind two bucks players left due to injury in the middle of the game oh yeah Chris middleton went out with injury Bobby Portis also went out with injury. Oh, dude, his eye almost got freaking torn out. Yeah, so Bobby that Portis was... only played six minutes. Chris Middleton left about midway through the fourth quarter. Mm. Was it injury or was it? It was injury. Dang. Yeah. And DeRozan dropped 41 as the Bulls upset the Bucks at home. Dang. I mean, if the I mean, if players are going to go down, like take advantage, right? It's true. Hey, you can only play those who are put in front of you. Let's take a look at all these series. Okay, let's start with one. Well, I mean, outside of the Chicago one, let's be honest. I predicted a sweep by the Bucks on this one. Yeah, I think we. I think all we all did. did. And yeah. to be honest, we're already wrong on that one. <laughs> Oops. So, <laughs> Chicago's defense has actually been fantastic through these first two games. Alex Caruso oh, yeah, has dude. been a monster on the defensive end, regardless of who he's. Got. He's just a pest, and he's been the bald eagle. He, the bald eagle has been on fire, 
And the, the threes were falling for Chicago tonight too. So that's a big thing, you know. Yeah, they were hitting their shots. They were definitely hitting their shots. That's going to be super key if they want to keep home court in this series as they go back to Chicago. Mm-hmm. Philly and Toronto. Philly has officially taken a three to nothing lead after Joel Embiid drops a three with about point eight seconds. Yeah, left. that was that was crazy. I I we need to be looking on a sweep alert here. Yeah, we're we're definitely on a. You got your broom. Going to well, we're gonna need it for next game for sure. Cause uh, what they're gonna be in Philly? No, it's still in Toronto. Game four is gonna be in. Toronto. Oh, that's yep. right, that's right. I keep forgetting that Philly was the home court advantage. Yes. So yeah. Dang. So I don't know. Maybe maybe they maybe Toronto can pull off one. You know, maybe yeah, maybe because I mean they can pull out game because, four. Because I mean, it took to almost it almost took two overtimes for them to beat the Raptors again. So, yeah, they might be able to pull out so, one game. I, I don't think it's totally crazy, but also at the same time, Toronto had to go into almost two overtimes to beat the Sixers. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, and after a game like that, it wears you out a little bit. No, for <laughs> sure. Mentally and physically. Holy How crap. about the most, arguably the most exciting series of the first round so far? Boston and Brooklyn. Dude. Okay, first things first. That game winner for game one on Sunday. Dude. KD was lacking a little bit on the defense. Oh, my goodness, though. That spin by Tatum. Spin on Kyrie. Layup for the win. Come on at now. The, or maybe that the was buzzer. Monday. I don't remember. But the point is. Hang on. It was Monday. Oh, it was Monday. There you go. See, the point is, heck of a finish. And now this game, Tatum goes off. Not only, not, only did, not only did Tatum go off offensively, that dude is living in Kevin Durant's head rent-free right now. Defensively, they're just, yeah. Kevin Durant has not been shooting the best here. Um, Kyrie had a heck of a game one. Oh, Ky- yeah, Kyrie was awesome. What's awesome to me, though, is uh, I don't know that I've seen, recently at least, I don't think I've seen someone play such good defense on, on Durant. Dude, Tatum has been playing <laughs> phenomenal one-on-one defense with that Tatum, man. Tatum, and I think I said this last time, this is going to be Tatum's moment to prove whether he should be considered more one of the elites. He's proven that. And I will say this. the One of the biggest things that I said that Brooklyn was going to have to do was attack the paint. They have been, even without Robert Williams, they have been defending that paint very well. Al Horford is still very serviceable defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just, he just, he's just a natural fit with the Celtics. And that, that obviously has been showing this year as well. So, I mean, you know, hats off to Horford for holding it down in the paint. Obviously, Tatum doing his part. You know, just defensively as a unit they're suffocating like they are, i think they were ranked the number two or the number one defense at the end of the season like yeah. they were just insane and they're 100 percent showing it here oh yeah you and know it's crazy because i think i i think this still goes to seven games because they did play those two games in boston and Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant, and Kyrie is Kyrie. True. Game three is a must-win for these guys, though. They oh have to show gosh. up offensively, and they have to play some kind of defense. And maybe they'll get that help with defense in game four, because Ben Simmons is rumored and targeted to come back. He's been cleared for contact. He's been playing four on four, five on fives in practice. But and how many minutes is he actually going to play? But that's what I was just going to say. He hasn't played for over a year. Well, not quite over a year. It's about almost a year to the date. Look, your second favorite person in this world, Ben Simmons, may not play. He may play. We'll see. I would love to see him play just to get swept. If they get swept and it, the day that they lose is on the day he comes back, oh, man, that's that, a that good would be, day. That would be hilarious. But 
also at the same time, I can't see this game. I can't see this series being swept. No, I no, no, absolutely not. Kyrie, KD, they're just too much. They're too skilled and too great offensively. Oh yeah, to be swept in this series. You know, I they mean, may end up losing it, but no. Not I mean, swept. in my opinion, when Kevin Durant's healthy, I think he's the best player in the NBA. Like at this at this moment in time, when Kevin Durant is healthy, I think he's the best player. I can see that. Like, it's crazy. And, but, dude, I don't know. I mean, Jason Tatum, if he keeps this up, and as long as, and what I said is they need to stop Durant. That's what I said in this about Their this. Their defense on him has been impeccable. Kyrie is going to show up or he's not going to show up. He, when he does show up, holy crap, that dude's a freaking animal. But he is inconsistent. Kevin Durant is going to get his stuff. He still, I think, scored like 25 points tonight, still. Yes. But, like, dude, but. But I saw, I think, Tatum has blocked Durant two times this series. Once in game one, I think. It might be more. It's at least twice he's blocked in this series. To be Kevin fair, Durant does not get blocked very much. It's true, yeah. But to be fair, Kevin Durant today shot only 4 of 17 from the field. But, but, Kevin Durant today took 20 free throws. Jeez. He was 18 of 20 from the free throw line. That's crazy. That's he took crazy. more free throws than actual shots. Well, yeah, and well, and the thing is, those blocks on Kevin Durant that I saw from Jason Tatum were not like defending the paint. They were on his like fadeaway jump shot. Like, what's interesting for me on this game though, just so Kevin Durant shot four of seventeen. Kyrie only shot four of thirteen. Yeah. See, and, and they at one point they had a seventeen point lead. Yeah. Well, no, because the 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 Nets still have great people on their team. Like what they got, Seth Curry, who can Seth shoot Curry. lights out. Rogic isn't terrible mm-hmm. off the bench. Bruce um, Brown, Patty Mills. Patty still. Mills is another good one. And they 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 <laughs> they should not have been in the eight seed. No, the seven seed. Seven seed. Even then, yeah, they should have been top three. Like I think they could have easily been top three. A healthy team all year, I could see it. Oh yeah. With Kevin Durant coming back, I figured they would climb. No, they they almost didn't make the play-in. Like, what the heck? Welcome to the NBA playoffs. I love it. Let's take a look at the last East series right now, the Hawks and the Heat. The Heat right now are in complete complete control, and they have absolutely shut down Trey Young. Like, they are, again, one of the best defensive teams in the league, and they have shut down all basically every single pick and roll that the Trey Young Hawks try to run. And it's it's been kind of and Jimmy Jimmy Butler's been going off offensively. I think he dropped forty five yesterday. Jeez! Like, come on, Jimmy! Like, where was this before? But the last Butler. time we saw him like yeah. this was like in the finals when he was trying to carry that team to victory. But even then, that, oh, dude, that guy was literally gonna die with how hard he was playing. Yeah. So I mean, that again, right now they're in complete control. But the Hawks, you know, they're headed back to Atlanta. Trey Young in Atlanta is. That's a whole nother monster right there. So that, that one's definitely going to be interesting to see yeah, as well, well. We'll see what happens. And granted, it's still the Heat, but Trey Young. Never count out Trey Young. Never count that man I, out. I see the Hawks winning maybe a couple, maybe well, maybe two more games. Oh, yeah. I, I can still see them making this an interesting series. Let's let's take a step over to the Western Conference. Big news for the number one seeded Suns outside the fact that they lost last night. Mm-hmm. Devin Booker is out indefinitely. Yeah, he's almost. It's almost like for sure games three and four, right? So yeah, he's basically guaranteed to miss games three and four. So here's here's my thoughts right now. The West, I think, just became open to anybody. Eh. <sighs> Never mind. 
Warriors are looking a little too scary. Yeah, the Warriors are looking but insane right we'll now. we'll get to them in a minute. Because I have also thoughts on maybe why they look so scary. It might not be all what it seems. But what I've said about the Suns is Booker is the key. That's what I've said this whole, like, what, maybe three, four weeks. And with him gone, it just kind of proved it. Once he went out, Pelicans took over and they won that game. Mm-hmm. Chris Paul's Chris Paul, right? He's going to get his yep. stuff. But Devin Booker is one of the most – he's probably one of the most elite shooters right now that I've seen. Scorers, I guess I should say. Scorers His development has been insane. Yeah. But right now, he's looking very iffy for games three and four. Who's got to step up from Phoenix to fill that scoring void? Uh, well, the thing is, Chris Paul should be the one that should kind of step – like. Okay, he's going to be the focus offensively, though. No, that's what I'm. What I'm trying to say is, I think Chris Paul's got to step up as a leader now, even more, to these other guys because he has the most experience. Really, he's a veteran leader, like going to be Hall of Famer, all that kind of stuff. I I don't I can't I don't know who I would think of who's significantly like specifically. So one player that comes off the top of my mind is Cam Johnson. Yeah. Um, I think his that's, season high this fair. year was 38. You know, I don't think he has to drop 38, but I think he has to drop solidly 15 to 18 while Booker is out. Okay, so here's – okay, well, here's my question. Who do you think – so, okay, so we have people who we think should. Do you think he can? Oh, absolutely. I 100% think he can. Cam Johnson, you know, he's he's tall. He's a forward, you know, so he can right. definitely shoot over a lot of people. He's great at cutting. I've seen him cut. He's yeah. a great three-point shooter as well. Defensively, he's solid as well. I don't think it's going to be one person who's going to replace Booker's production. It's going to have to be a, I know, don't th- by committee. I don't think one person can. Exactly. So it is yeah. going to have to be a few people. So, you know, Cam Johnson, you know, Mikel Bridges is going to have to shoot more effectively than he did the other night as well. You know, you're going to have to look at Jay Crowder, of course, as well. You know, maybe knock down a little bit more. We won't get into your feelings about Jay Crowder right now, but he's going to have I, to shoot what more I, effectively. What I kind of think needs to happen is, as good as Chris Paul is, for them to win, he needs to step it up a little bit more. Not yes. saying that he is, like, coming up short or anything, but with Devin Booker out, Devin Booker just carried so much of that. Mm-hmm. Now Chris Paul is going to have to play even better. And at his age, I don't know if he can really do better than what he's been doing. The which other- which what he's been doing has been a great level. True. But, like, he's going to have to be even better. Because Pelicans – man, Justin said it. He's, he was riding with the Pelicans. And – I don't know. I'm kind of feeling bad for doubting it a little bit. Well, we, <laughs> because holy To be crap. fair, we were, we were expecting a fully healthy Booker. But even then, they were giving him problems with Booker last night. I will say this. The other player that's got to step up is Aiton. That man's got to live in the paint. He's got to punish yes. Valanchunas all night. He's yes. also got to punish the backup bigs as well. You know, Larry Nance when he's out there. Jackson Hayes. You know, make them work in the paint. Earn yourself that max contract that they don't want to give you, DeAndre Aiton. Yeah. Yeah. DeAndre Aiton. <sighs> Holy crap, dude. I just feel it is kind of, I don't want to say sucky because that's just like, but like with Devin Booker out, I don't, um, you're going to have to ask a lot of production from these guys that aren't used to putting up these kind of numbers. And the Pelicans don't really need to do anything different. Like, honestly, they're, they are just a thorn right now. So I could see that I could. I don't want to say it, but I think I could see the Pelicans taking this series at this point if Booker stays out. If he stays out. Granted, 
if they win games three and four with Booker gone, even if Booker does come back, that's a lot of pressure. That's a, that is a lot of pressure. I'm, I'm interested to see how that one plays out, especially with no Booker right now. Oh yeah. Let's hop over to the two seven here. The other interesting two seven this year. Memphis and T Wolves tied <sighs> one at one right now. This series. So the first game was really so close, good. came down to the wire. The second game was Memphis running away. I think they won by like twenty five plus or something like that. Yeah. But now we're headed back to Minnesota. Minnesota. Minnesota, exactly. The Grizzlies, offensive. I mean, both these teams are offensive explosions just waiting to happen. You know, John Morant went off in game two to, you know, to basically Dude, Anthony them. Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns. And <sighs> there's just so much excitement in this. So much excitement. I'm, honestly, I still see the Grizzlies winning this one, although the T Wolves are. I, I see this one still going seven. This oh, one's going to be oh, a beautiful series I, going seven. This game, this series almost becomes the more likely series i think to go seven like maybe not a, if the celtics keep playing this way i see them winning in six so right now to me the most likely scenario of a of a series going full seven is probably this memphis and oh 100 uh, based off Grizzlies. how the first couple games are going i'm excited to see how that goes oh yeah carl anthony towns as long as he plays at a high level I don't know, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. 100%. Anthony Edwards, though, man. That oh, dude is stepping up. He oh. is lighting up the floor. He is oh, just – it's so fun to watch these dudes go at it, dude, because it's starting to get a little chippy, too. Oh, yeah. And all, almost all these series – Well, whenever you have Patrick Beverly in any series, I mean, come oh, on now. He's, well, gonna, he's purposely well, going to make it chippy. Even, even like with the um, – even with the, the Heat and the um, uh, Hawks – Jimmy Butler and uh, what's his face <laughs> Trey Young were going at it. The Goomba, yeah. yeah, they were going at it. Like Nikola Jokic, he got ejected. Okay, before we get into that series, you got sixty seconds to give me what is wrong with the Nuggets in this one, and basically what they have to do to fix it. You go over sixty wait, wait, seconds, oh, we are moving on. Wait, wait, no, well, well, I will start in ten seconds. Your timer. You want me to talk about how what they need Your to thoughts do on the three six series? That's it. Your uh, time starts in two. One, go. I think Nuggets are screwed. <laughs> but here's also another thing, though. I think they're just, and I'm sorry to say this, I just think they're so bad without these missing players that they need. Jokic cannot score 120 points. And he almost kind of needs to for them to win this game. And they're, it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of hard to tell if, if Curry and Jordan Poole and Thompson are the new like big three almost because of how good they're look, doing. Or if just Denver is playing that badly and letting them score so much because they're just playing so bad. It it might be a little bit of both, to be honest. But I think the Nuggets are making the Warriors look really scary just because of how bad Denver is. All right. 40 seconds. I can take that. So, long story short, Denver is screwed. Jokic goes nuclear one game. Warriors still in five. That was my original prediction. I'm leaving it there. Let's talk about your team now. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. I think you're overreacting no, to no, the series I, uh, right no. now. Game one, that was a win. The, that right there gave him home court it, advantage. It's split, yeah. But here, the, the only reason why I was so upset is because Jalen Brunson is dropped because 41. Brunson dropped 41. 40 freaking one points. He was the only Okay, he wasn't. He was basically the only one doing anything. Like, honestly. Like, you knew who they were going to, they knew. They just couldn't stop him. Let me give you another example of another player, very unheralded, and took down a super team one game to drag his team to victory. He actually brought him back from 33 down. 
Lou Williams in 2018 with the Clippers brought the Clippers back from a 33-point deficit at Golden State. Lou Williams in his prime was freaking amazing. This was two years ago, or like three years ago. Yeah. So the point is, that wasn't very long ago. This man was in his late 30s already. Point is, this is one game, and guess what? The Celtics, or not Celtics, the Clippers ended up losing that series anyways, even after Lou Will went nuclear in that game. So anyways, here, here are my thoughts on this one here. Utah, they're just fine. They just have to confirm that they need to win these next two games. Games three and four are going to be so important for them to win. Yeah, I think if they don't win tomorrow, that's when I'll start getting a little bit nervous. Oh, 100%. I mean, granted, we're going to the game on Saturday. Yes. Game four. So So you're either going to be stress eating or pleasure eating. Either way. Dude, like, holy crap. I'm like so excited for this series, though, because Luca is questionable. For tomorrow he's not out he's not ruled out he's not even doubtful he's questionable it's kind of it sounds like it's going to be kind of up to him um because he said he's not going to play if he feels any kind of pain because with that kind of injury if you're gonna like risk that and something bad does happen he is out for a long time exactly it's one year or maybe a couple games to play is not worth the long-lasting injuries I will say this. Utah has to win these two games. I do not care what anyone says. They have to win games three and four to win this mm-hmm. series. Because even if they, you know, you win game three and four, you go up three to one. Luka may be back for game five. He pulls them out game five, and then they take game six it's, back in Utah. It, yeah, see, and here's my, here's my issue. Granted, Goob, Goober, Gobert cannot necessarily guard the three. But here's my, here's my issue. I don't necessarily think that they that he has to. It's the guards need to step up their play on the perimeter as well. Yep. Because you can't ask him to do. You just can't. That's not fair. He already is one of the best defensive players to play the game. He's been nominated for defensive player of the year what like five times. Won three out of the five. That's pretty freaking awesome. He's you know you can't argue how good he is defensively, and you can't say that he shouldn't be on the court or he shouldn't. What needs to happen is the Jazz need to figure out the smart rotations at the end of the game. Because at the end of the game, they won't have the players that are hot that need to be playing. Utah's got to close them out in five or six. Like, they just have to. So, regardless if they have Luka or not, they have to close them out. You know, Donovan, he's got to play better near the end of the season or end of the quarter as well. End of the game especially. Because he's been very inefficient in the fourth quarter. Yeah, like what I what I expect to happen is um, if Luca doesn't play this next game, even game four, even because I I have a feeling he'll be there for game four. There's just kind of a sneaky suspicion I have because um, if I'm Luca, and this pains me to say this, why rush into getting in? Like they seem to be kind of holding their own right now. They're not making it they're not making it easy for the Jazz right now without Luca. So True. if Luca cannot have to risk anything yet. Why do it? But here's the flip side of that. If the Jazz win tomorrow, that I think will force Luka to play game four. Because that puts them in a really bad spot. So what I think needs to happen, if Luka doesn't play, they just need to freaking stick to that freaking Brunson guy and not let him... (sighs) The thing is, in game one, he tried to play hero ball, and that's kind of why they lost. Game two, he just for some reason couldn't miss and was getting fouls and, you know, 
it is what it is. But I'm really excited for this series too because it's actually an interesting one. It's not like a, I don't know whether. Of course, I would love like the Jazz to sweep, right? Obviously, they can't. Happen well, they anymore. can't do anymore. But no, but yeah. But what I'm saying is that would be cool to see. But when it's a fought hard series, it's just so much more fun to watch. True. So so th- it's going to be interesting to see. By the time we talk next week, there's going to be some team probably eliminated. Someone's going to be moving on to the next round as well. There is something I need to complain about, though. If has anything to do with um, it refereeing? does. No, 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 not oh, okay. refing. It's Jeff Van Gundy. I have to rant about this because it is the dumbest thing I have heard live. I've heard dumb things by commentators, like on like you know highlights and stuff. This is the dumbest thing I think I've ever heard said live. So Donovan Mitchell banked a three. Jeff Van Gundy then goes to say, I don't think bank threes should be counted as threes. They should be counted as two because it's luck. Bro, a lot of shots that go in are luck. How many threes bounce off the rim and go in? Should that not count? How about half-court shots that are made? Should those just not count at all because it's all luck? I mean, you can't tell me a full-court shot that goes in. Someone's like, oh, yeah, I knew it was going in. <laughs> like, the, I practice that every day. It's very con- Like, no, it's luck. That... That sent me so hard. I was literally pacing in my room because I could not believe someone actually said that. And then he, he keeps building on it. Like, yeah, it's all luck. Like, no one ever plans it and stuff like that. Dude, that's part of the game. Like, sometimes you're going to get luck with shots. It just happens. But, like, I don't know. I just had to get that out there because I was. Well, Jeff Van Gundy, <sighs> if you ever hear this, you already know. Probably not safe to say that again. The, yeah, Jeff Van Gundy. He doesn't. He's someone who I think talks because he likes to hear himself talk. Like he likes the sound of his voice. <sighs> okay, I'm fine. I just ha- I, I just, love it, guys. <sighs> once again, if you ever have anything you want Phil to rant about, he can rant on about anything. Oh yeah. Add Jeff Gundy, to, Jeff Van Gundy, to a growing list of people, players, Carson Wentz, Ben Simmons esque players. You know, Grayson Allen. Great. Uh, Grayson Allen, you don't rant about him as much, but I could see it. Because I'm not given opportunity. If someone wa- if someone wants to ask me about Grayson Allen, oh, I will go. Yeah, off. if there's any players you want Phil to rant on, we're gonna we're gonna start a new little Phil's rants <laughs> section segment even Let's do where it. he just rants about random people. We taught we ask him to rant about him, tell him why he doesn't like him. Yeah, let's do At it. At the end of the day, that's what we all want to hear. We <laughs> yeah, want to hear sure. his thoughts that's... on people he does not like. Guys, we're we are so appreciative of everything that you guys do for listening, taking your time out of your busy schedules to listen to what we got to say. And also, once again, if you guys ever want us to talk about anything specific, feel free to hit us up on any yep. of our social media platforms. And we're everywhere. We're everywhere on social media. You can think of it. We're there. So, cool. No, yeah, this was fun and still got a lot more playoffs to go. So, this is super exciting. So. Hey, guys. Till next week. Enjoy. See you.